Hey guys, if you would like to get to know each one of us better, go check out Patreon. Yeah, patreon.com. Or the app. Get the app. That's better. Okay. Listed in the show notes on the support link. Sides on home. I can get distracted. Cause the fact is, this ain't where I belong. I've got more on my mind than sinful. Welcome to Wednesday morning. This is Pod Me. I'm your host, Evan Birdsong. We come here mostly every Wednesday. Or I can, we can say every Wednesday, right? So far. Yeah. Yep, uh, I'm the host of this uh, mostly underwhelming show. It's the Ministry of Low Expectations. How about it, everybody? Good to have you. Uh, along with me here is uh, the Deacon Dustin Wakely. Good morning, everybody. Good morning. He finally figured out what time of day it is. <laughs> what about the song leader, Big Bad Brad? How are you doing? Good. That's Brad Cottrell. That's his swarthy voice. <laughs> yes, sir. How are you brothers doing? Very good. Doing really good. Had a good week so far? So far. How are you doing? I couldn't be better, I guess. Um, It's February 23rd, episode 95 here on Pod and Me. 95. Knocking on the door of 100, that's pretty significant, right? It It is. is. I don't know what else to say. I mean, we're already into it here, boys. 99 and a half won't do. (laughs) Appreciate the testimony from the uh, deacon there. He knows his relationship with the Lord. It's not going to take 99 and a half, folks. It's going to take a a full 100 from every one of us, and that's... That's pretty much what we're giving them here every week, don't you think? Oh, we we do our best. <laughs> we did over the past couple of weeks, I can tell you that much. Yeah. Speaking of 100%, I thought our wives gave it 100% on Valentine's Day. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. We had Herschel and Loretta here hosting the program. and They did a very good job. They did. They did. So far, that has been a very uh, popular episode. If you haven't heard that and want to hear all about romance, you can go back and listen to it. It was a fun state of affairs, shall we say? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. I actually just wanted to go do a totally different show today. Is this a show? Episode. A totally, Yeah, a totally different episode service today. I have a good friend. I've been friends with this man now for 20-plus uh, years, and our friendship started because my wife and his wife have been best of friends for a long, long time. Longer than 20 years. They went to church together there at Richlands, Virginia. I first met uh, this guy when he was dating his wife. His wife, my wife, best friends. You know how that goes. Not too long ago, maybe probably in the last five years, I heard his personal testimony. Uh, He and his wife met at a church event, so much similar to me and Hannah. I did not realize the full impact of his testimony. I knew some uh, some of his past but I wanted to introduce him today, and he's in the green room. You think we should let him in? Yeah, bring right. him in. All right, let me see here. Uh, let's see if we can bring him in here, brother Jason Schuler. How's it going? Hey, real well. How we doing, fellas? Oh, doing good. Hang on just a second. <laughs> They're all excited. Make me feel better already. <laughs> 
Oh, simmer down. Let him talk. Let him talk. <laughs> hey, it's good to have you, Jason. Hey, good to be on, man. I, I feel I feel good about this, you know. Well, I I'm afraid to ask. Do you ever listen? I, I mean, just the just the fact to be on pod me or even be thought about or even mentioned on the show makes me feel good. I understand. I have a good reason why I want you on here because there's a part of your testimony that is going to lead us into what our final content is going to be today. I have a little tidbit of information about Jason Schuler that I think is rather unusual. I don't have another friend who was present at Mount St. Helen when it erupted. <laughs> oh, yeah. We were there. You were there. Could you walk us through that? You were 10 years old, correct? Yep, I was 10 years old, and uh, Dad planned a camping trip. I'd ask Mom later on why in the world we'd ever went up there. Well, nobody actually believed that the mountain was going to blow, so it happened to be Dad's vacation. Thank the Lord we were on the, uh, I guess, west side of the mountain because it blew towards East Spokane, Washington area. The morning that it blew, you know, the tent ranger came down and told us to cover our mouths and go up to the lodge. But when we went outside, the whole area was covered in gray ash. It was like kind of like a white, dusty snow, but it was gray. And it rained ash for several weeks. Wow. wow. How deep was the ash? It was probably, I would say, two to four inches. Wow. At that given point in time, uh, like I said, the main blast had went more towards the east. So which fortunately it, for us, we uh, survived the blast. Yes, sir. Which at 10 years old, there's no way you could have really understood the full impact of what had went on, correct? Oh, man. No. no, other than the fact when you saw the news, there was Harry Truman was up there, an old mountain guy, said, I ain't leaving this mountain. You know, it ain't going to blow. I've lived up here my whole life. There were several people like that through the blast and the turmoil of the blast and the eruption that he, uh, he met glory through the blast of the mountain. So. My goodness. Wow. <laughs> but I can remember traveling home, you know, the log jams and the pictures that you see and the freeway being buckled up and dad packed everything up and we headed out of there. <laughs> oh, decided you wasn't going to go ahead and keep camping another night or two, huh? <laughs> <laughs> no, we packed up and headed home. We were four of us in a those little single cab Toyota pickup truck. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Well, you're uh, part of my claim to fame then. I've got a friend who was actually at Mount St. Helen when it erupted. <laughs> yeah. Got to all be known for something, huh? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And that's what you're known for. And today it's going worldwide. I mean, you're telling your testimony here. Well, I know how popular this channel is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's totally underwhelming. <laughs> you, uh, you were raised in Portland, Oregon, correct? Yes. So from then, fast forward to when you moved. How old were you when you moved? I moved a couple times. I moved when I was 14 and then moved to Dayton, Ohio when I was uh, somewhere between 20 and lived there till I was 20, 21, and then made a trip back to the West Coast till I was about probably, I was about 22 to 26 probably. Okay. And then moved back to uh, Ohio. So you went back and forth between the West and Ohio. Yeah. Yep. Somewhere in all that, I mean, I'm not, I don't want you to go into uh, hurtful details of your testimony, but somewhere on in all that, you had been on the wrong track and uh, went to Dayton, Ohio. Your family arrangement put you there, correct? Correct. And then you uh, go to work at a factory. You called yourself a truth seeker. Is that correct? That's correct. I was calling myself a 
uh, I was seeking the truth of the gospel. As a young man, you'd went down the wrong road. Oh, yeah, most definitely. It wasn't until uh, I finally hit my bottom at probably the age of uh, somewhere like 26. I had found a, a place to pray, and uh, I asked the Lord to deliver me from the sin that I was in and that I would serve him. So and how that, did you did you know anything about God? I mean, that, was there any church uh, background? Nothing to, uh, no, nothing to an nth degree. I was the guy that would stand up in the crowd, and when the little commercial would come on, you know, the little religious commercial would come on and uh, it would say that you need to be saved, you know, and I would stand up and yell out into the crowd. I would say, saved from what? And I'd say, I don't need, you know, I don't need to be saved from nothing. Wow. So, but I never could understand that message of salvation or what you needed to be saved from as a young man like that. I was just wild and carefree. And So what caused you to call out to God? Just rock bottom, the sin that I was in. I, see. I, I had hit my bottom and uh, getting there, there were things that were going to happen in my life that uh, I didn't want to have happen. And I needed, I needed deliverance. Right. Just the end result of it wasn't going to be good, whether it would have been imprisonment or death, or it would have been something catastrophic that right. what the, where I was at, what I felt and the decisions that I was making, they were out of my control. Things right. were just happening that, I didn't know why or how they were happening. Tell us about that time when you were working in a factory up there. Correct me if I'm wrong. And someone invited you to church. I had, I knew that there were some men down at this other factory that were religious because my family had talked about, you know, that there were some men in that, that factory that were religious and um, uh, they were believers in Jesus Christ. Right. And, uh, and I was looking for more. I was looking for more of the gospel, and I was seeking the truth of it. And uh, I told this gentleman, I told him I was a truth seeker just to see what he said. You know, and he, he said, if you would come visit our church, he said, your search would be over. Wow. So I guess when you hear words like that and you've been seeking things, you know, because I had made a dedication in my life that I was just going to spend a couple years just seeking more of the gospel, seeking the word of God, putting away worldly things, just different things. And then to have arrived at that so many years later, it was almost like, I guess what you call a God moment in my life, that it was almost fearful to me that. That's something I had seeked so long for that I was so near to. This man was convinced that what he knew about God was what you were looking for. Yeah, the way that he said it and the moment. Yeah, so tell us about that. Well, they had invited me. Well, it was a good excuse to go because they had a Christmas play that they do. So it it took up the edge off of it. Right. But um, I had went to the Christmas play and the people were overwhelmingly nice and kind and in different things and of course i went back to one of their sunday services and when i had gotten there to the service another one of those moments happened to me where i felt like i was at home that's awesome in that moment oddly enough because uh it was a little different from my family because i had made such a drastic change in such a short period of time my life was just a upside down mess to all of a sudden I was just completely heading another direction. So actually through my salvation, it actually threw him for a loop again because I was so extreme the other way. Yeah. In in extremity from the wrong side of life to the right side of life, what I was seeking, it was, it was a parallel and it's 
myself that they were equally as confused and concerned. <laughs> wow. That's amazing. And to hear you tell about it, which I've only known you as, as the man you are now, who is right. one of the most dedicated men I know. You've got a fine family. You've been blessed with a, a wonderful wife, three children, a great family, and a great church family. Your life is vastly different from what you described uh, prior to your salvation. But I just think it's outstanding, Jason, that God knows how to put you at the right place at the right time. Amen. You know, you're working at a job where you called yourself a truth seeker and someone told you, I know the truth that you're looking for. Amen. That's what he did. Either all those men in that room and yourself would have done, I believe so, equally. And the thing about the gospel and the truth of the gospel that I probably the number one thing that I see happens to the gospel of Jesus Christ, that his message is in the simplicity of his message not the complexity of it. That yeah. the answer, the true answer to salvation is in the simplicity of it because it overwhelms so many people where they think, I could never do that. I could never live that way. But it's the most glorious way that you could ever live your life. He says, I am the way and I am the truth. Yes. Yep. And if you seek after him, he's the one that leads every one of us. Leads every one of us. I'm convinced, Jason, that there is no way that anybody could have told you the direction to go. That's a great point about don't try to explain the complexity of it. The simplicity is what draws men. And then it's a, it's a relationship with Jesus that teaches us. You're a, you're a living example of a man who has been changed by the, the glorious power of the gospel, and it never left you unsatisfied. It only gets better. Yeah. And then not long after you uh, were saved, you received the baptism before you really even knew what the baptism of the Spirit was. Most definitely. That in my life was probably the most powerful and fulfilling moment in my life because it answered all the unanswered questions, all the doubt, all the what if, can I do this the rest of my life? And it, and it, just, it was just a, a marvelous gift from God. Yes, sir. I love the way you, you put if that. You are a genuine, if, you, if you are a genuine truth seeker, and, and a friend of mine, he, he asked this question uh, earlier this year, and, and, I, and I, I just I marveled at the question because this is the way the Lord works through each and every one of us. He, he asked the question, he said, how do you limit a limitless God? And it is self. Mm-hmm. We limit we a do. limitless God. Right. We limit a limitless God, and that's where the Holy Ghost steps in. To me, when I received the Holy Ghost, it was it was letting go of self. Every time I would get close to it, I could feel self rising up because I didn't need to be saved from anything. That was my mindset that I had this, and that's what the Lord wants. You see the guy walk in, it's, you know, 90%. He's not going to make it. He's not going to, unless you're willing to give it all to him, you have to relinquish of self. And that's where the Holy Ghost steps in. That's right where he wants us. Yes, sir. That's well said. I'm amazed every time I hear you talk because you are a, uh, you're an inspiration to me, your testimony for God to take a, a guy that came from Portland, Oregon, move you across the States two or three times, put you right in the very place to where you can hear the truth I'm convinced that the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men, just like the Word of God says. And you are a living example of that. 
and how God gets that done is his business. But you are an example of uh, at least one person where that was done. It's 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 open to all of us. It's yeah. not just me. I just thank God. You know, you, those things you can't explain. Right. I thank God that he heard my cry and that he is somewhere in my life through all those times that I cried out. He heard those cries that, that I said, save from what? And that he that he had a plan for me. Yes, sir. This, this, this young man wants to know what to be saved from. What he done? He delivered me. I needed to know the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. And it all and came be- through a coworker who was sold on what he had. He was sold on what he had. <laughs> you he and did. him are still great friends today, correct? Yeah, we are. How we many times have y'all talked about that conversation? Oh, I love to hear him say because I can see it in my mind. I yes, sir. The whole, I can see the whole scene in my mind. I know how I felt. It was amazing. But yeah, I let him tell it every now and then. Yes, I just sir. Like to, I like to hear it. I yes, do. Sir. It's real. And that's what I love about it. It's, it's real. And I believe more than anything, Jason, that people are, they're crying out for real. They're crying out for the true blue. Yeah. Amen to that. I, I do. Somewhere in there, they they are. Yep. They're just scared. You can't be, you can't live your life. You know, I, I don't like a trial as much as anybody does, but you, you have to be willing to go. You have to be willing to go through the flood and the fire in your life. If you're seeking the, if you're seeking the truth, sometimes I feel like people hold back sometimes just because they're afraid of the trial Yeah, at times and what it may put them through. And, and at times they're not fun. Sure. And at times they're long suffering. They're, you know, there are things that you go through that inevitably, when you look back at them, they make you a better man. They make you a better father. They make you a better right. husband. Or if you strive towards the mark of the high calling of God on your life. I believe that. And knowing you guys, you guys have not been strangers, just like any other Christian isn't a stranger to hardship and trial. But if there's one person that I would say in this whole world that has rock solid faith in the Lord, I would say your name is at the top of the list, Jason. Well, I, I appreciate the compliment. I, yeah. I'm just like you guys. I'm, I'm trying to make it. Yes, sir. I, we all goal, are. My goals aren't set in this world. I, my eyes are set beyond those heavens. That's right. And I, I want to be a, a, a genuine truth seeker. Yes, sir. My gospel of Jesus Christ. I know when I first met my wife, she kind of laughed at me, you know, and here I'm being all serious and, and she's like, what? Yeah. Yeah, you told her the same thing, right? You considered yourself a truth seeker. <laughs> uh, it didn't quite go over as well with her. <laughs> I hear you. <laughs> well, you've been one of my closest friends, Jason, and I I, I just I admire you. I, I value friendship. I, I you do. do. I, I care about my friends. I do. I, I value friendship highly. Yep, and for everybody in the uh, in the church, I call him Brother Jason at church, but uh, we're such close friends, we just call each other first name basis here. Oh yeah. <laughs> hey man, oh, thank yeah. you so much for coming on and sharing your testimony. That's a All powerful right, testimony, and God bless you. All right, love you guys. I love you too, man. Jason Schuler, everybody. <laughs> How about that? Very interesting. That was awesome. Yep. I am convinced that uh, people are hungry for the truth right now. Maybe not everybody. Sure. But I do believe that there's a God-sized void in the heart of every human being. Yep. Hear that all the time. 
I hope to goodness that something I would say or something you guys would say would pique someone's interest about what we have. You know, we've talked a lot about our love for humor and the true joy of the Lord. It's been my desire for people to feel that through the the podcast. I hope they do. But I want that to trigger that curiosity in someone's mind. And they would say, I want what they got. Absolutely. You can definitely hear the passion. Sure. It's still alive in his voice. Yes, sir. You know, probably the people in that in those rooms, whenever he would say, you know, what saved me from what? You know, he would sound like he would be the farthest one mm-hmm. that would be willing to surrender to God. Yeah. And deep down, like you said, there was a, a struggle going on and he was looking for something. And that's you never know who's so close. I know. They may have a hard exterior or shell, but you never know what's really working on the inside. And that's right. That gives people hope right there sure. for lost loved ones and coworkers and all that stuff. Yes, sir. But I also think that in this day that there's a conversation to be had, and we've, we've had similar conversations to this. I think in every one of our lives, we need to have that one person who's willing to be raw, honest with us and tell us the truth. Sure. And I think that the truth seeker, as he termed himself, is that person that says, hey, just just tell it like it is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But that's really hard to get through in today's culture. Well, we live in such a politically correct world. Nobody wants to step on a toe. Nobody wants to hurt a feeling or whatever it may be. And I'm not saying go around just blasting people with. <laughs> you you got to be diplomatic about right, it. Right. And you I, have to. And in this case, and obviously I don't, I don't know the brother, but you know, it was obvious that he was seeking God's truth. So often I think that what we're really seeking is someone to back up what we think. Yeah, approval. or Approval of our opinion. Yeah, very well said. And it's obvious from what happened that he was truly seeking God's truth. And when a person does that, like in his case, God showed it to him. Yes. God showed him his truth. I mean, if, if he would have been seeking somebody just to say, hey, man, whatever you believe, whatever you think, yeah, that's that's right. I mean, if, if that was the co-worker that he would have ran into, then his life would be drastically different sure. today than it is now. Um, so I think that's so important to be seeking God's truth. And on both sides of that, there's a level of vulnerability. There is. For the man who, who hears that and says, I've got it, Yeah, and I'm going to tell him about it. That's right. That makes you, I mean, there's a fear of rejection sure. when okay. you're about to tell someone about the Lord. Right. But... There's also a level of vulnerability on on uh, like Brother Jason's side. True. What happens if I open it all up? But the true or the man that's seeking truth, if you're already on that quest, it's like wherever this road leads me, I'm willing to go. And I think there's such a level of responsibility on the coworkers' side. When you say you'll find the truth at our church, there's a lot of responsibility with that as well. Well, it's yes, like you were saying— you can tell the genuine. Sure. You know, you can just sure. tell. And apparently, like you said, he was at rock bottom and he could tell what he had a hold of was life changing. Mm-hmm. It was a real thing. And so it just totally, you know, confirmed what the brother had, had told him was the truth was he had the answer. I think I remember him saying this, that brother told him, I know what truth you're seeking. He gave him actually the address to their church. <laughs> you're seeking, and he named off the address to their church. That's funny. That's a lot of pressure on uh, it is. On, on someone. It is. Are you it convinced is. that what your church is preaching and teaching is the absolute truth? That's right. 
Yeah. If they're pulling anything away from focusing on Jesus Christ and, and the gospel, then that might not be the case. <laughs> That's yeah. very true. It, it is. And it's a very needful message. It is. You know, especially in today's society. And we've, we've talked some about it. How many people's self proclaimed truth seekers? Sometimes it's legit. You know, I mean, I, I really believe there is people out there that's looking, but then there's other people that's just like Brother Brad was saying, they're just wanting approval or, you know, somebody's affirmation. Yes. Yeah. That what they're doing is okay. That's the thing. And it's funny. I have a coworker that I talk to from time to time, and it's always, it's always political discussions. And we are definitely on different sides of the aisle. Mm hmm. And, you know, we, we come at each other with statistics on the same the same subject, and we both speak it as fact and as truth, and we come with different things. His truth is different than my truth. You know, and I think sometimes that we live in a time now it's hard to find, let's take it politics, for example, mm-hmm. you know, it is hard to find one truth. Right. It just depends on what lens you want mm-hmm. to look at it right. in, because you can find it either way. And even in the spiritual side, you know, depending on what you're looking for, you can go find something that backs up your opinion or what, what you think. You can find someone that, that gives a voice to, to your ideas, um, but it's so important to find, like I said before, God's truth. God's truth was revealed in the Son of God coming down here and becoming a man. And you, you don't find God's truth by Googling it, and most of the time you don't find God's truth through social media. It's what? <laughs> maybe sometimes Come even, on, Brad. even I mean, podcasts. Um, yeah, you have to go through a podcast. It's called Pod Me. <laughs> yeah. But it, it is take, that the address that you're giving right there. That's what y'all are looking for. That's Jesus at podme.org. Yeah. It takes some time on your knees. It takes some time in God's word and asking him to to show me in your word what's the truth here. Well, you got to be serious about it. You do absolutely. You know, that's what you're saying is you're not just casually seeking the truth. You're really I mean like when he said he hit rock bottom, he was desperate. He was desperate for a change. Yeah. So I think that's the difference. And we have a hard time sometimes understanding the next person's motive. But when you're seeking God, God knows your motive. <laughs> that's right. true. And if your motive's pure, I promise you, you will find what your soul is searching for. You absolutely will. Yeah. It is stripped away right there. Yep. No wonder Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. It is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth. Right. Yep. You open your heart and you're willing to believe in him. He is going to make himself real to you, no doubt. Amen. It's been a great conversation. It has. Very necessary conversation. Absolutely. Extremely challenging to me. It is. I want to. Uh, I want to be that person that that tells someone, "Hey, I know. I know the truth. I know the truth." Yep. Uh, you guys planning on being here next week? We'll be here after okay. this service. Yes, <laughs> I'm about ready to head to the altar myself. <laughs> I'm gonna pray this through. <laughs> Thanks for stopping, guys. Enjoyed it. 